on last week's episode of the Clean Kitchen Podcast. So what's the first additive, natural, and artificial flavors? Mm. Comes from something natural. They can basically take that, go to a lab, and they can add up to 100 chemicals. Coming in at number four, MSG. Monosodium glutamate. It messes with your brain and basically tells you that this food tastes better than it actually does. Number three, artificial sweeteners. Many of these artificial sweeteners can alter our gut bacteria and these artificial sweeteners can cause insulin resistance. Welcome back to episode nine of the Clean Kitchen Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Kevin. And let's get right back into it, Kevin. Top five additives to avoid. Hit me with it. Yep. So we're picking back up and we're starting with number two. So coming in at number two on Kyle's list of top five additives to avoid is artificial colors bum, bum, bum. we talked about artificial flavors yes. no we well yes we did talk about artificial flavors then we talked about artificial sweeteners and now we're going to talk about artificial colors i see a pattern here i do a lot of artificial things that seems to be the theme tend to be the <laughs> ingredients that i recommend avoiding yep so so uh, let, let's start then artificial colors broad topic yes what are artificial colors well when you turn over the package you're going to see a bunch of different names for artificial colors it's going to be Things like red 30, red 40, yellow 5, yellow 6, blue 1, blue 2, green 3. I think that's it. I, okay. think, that, I, think, I think that covers all wow. of them. Um, but, but yeah. And so you'll see the actual word red 40 yes. on the package. It won't say artificial colors. It will not say artificial colors. Okay. It will say the actual color. So basically, if you see a color on yeah. the ingredient list, put it back. No matter what. Basically, there's no good color. No. And not that I know of. These are all hard avoid. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. They're, so, num- they're number two. They're number two. Yeah. I didn't know if there was like one color that you're like, <laughs> okay, you can work with that. Well, oh, that we can work with it? Yeah. Uh, no. no. I'd say there's one color that is worse than others. Save that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, that. we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then then I'm thinking about where I find yes. this artificial colors. Where, where in the aisles in the grocery store am i looking for this well, the main culprit is going to be cereal mm. uh, lucky charms tricks fruity pebbles you know everyone's fra- favorite fruit yep. loops all have artificial colors in them candy is a big one m&ms skittles anything colored basically yeah. uh you can even find them in some yogurts no way you know, like blueberry yogurt or something you know they'll sprinkle in some blue too in there to make it more blue and look more appealing right um and then even things like chips crackers uh ice cream but yeah it's, a lot of it's in a lot snacks. Of, it's a lot of like, snacks. Yeah, yes, for sure. Because they want it to look more attractive. Is that really it? I, I that, as far as I know, the only reason these companies are putting in artificial colors into their products is to just make them look more appealing to us and more enticing and make us want to eat them. Yeah. There's no there's no flavor. There's right. no flavor in these artificial colors. Yeah. It's just so, for looks. Yeah. We've talked a lot about different marketing stunts or gimmicks. That various companies pull in a variety of industries, Mm -hmm. chicken, eggs, a couple others, milk. milk. This one might be the craziest to me. It's just making it a different color. Yeah. Uh, But it it might be one of the worst too. And so thinking about these, I I first want to understand how the heck these things are made. Yeah. So maybe walk me through how one of these is made. Yeah. And I think the saddest part of the kind of point you just made was that these are really marketed to children. Yeah. That's that's the that's the biggest area. What did I just say? Cereal and candy are yeah. the two main culprits. And who's eating those foods? I mean, 
a lot of people, lot but of people. for the most part, kids. Yeah. Which is sad in my opinion. But how, like you said, how are these, how are these artificial colors made? Yep. Well, the basic raw materials for artificial colors uh, come from petroleum or crude oil. Um, and then these materials undergo a bunch of different chemical reactions to form the core structure of the dye. And then different steps um, continue to happen, like a coupling reaction. And then they're purified and dried into a powder. And that's basically how we get these artificial colors. Yeah. So that doesn't sound so natural, does it? Not at all. Yeah. Taking, taking a step back, just thinking about what you had to do to make a Fruit Loop Red. Yeah. That's what you're putting in, yeah. in our food? Yeah. Just just use just use a beet juice powder. There you go. That, and that's what a lot of companies are doing nowadays. Fortunately, they're making the switch from artificial colors to more natural uh, coloring agents like beetroot, yep. beetroot juice. Yeah, it yeah. seems like the topic of artificial colors, at least for me, has popped up a lot more recently. Do you think it, it's a, a trend, I guess, that's gaining momentum? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's being more talked about. Do you get a lot of questions on artificial colors? Mm, not really, because yeah. it kind of, at least to me, like it kind of seems like one of the obvious things to take out of your diet. Yeah. Yeah, I get a lot of questions about additive additives, but um, artificial colors really isn't one of them. Not as much. It's not like, oh, do you think I should be avoiding artificial colors? Yeah. It's like kind of just obvious. And there's so many other, if a product has artificial colors in it, most likely it's going to have a lot of other not so good for you ingredients as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a red flag. If you want to have your healthiest year yet and become the most vibrant version of yourself, I recommend you start by cleaning up your skincare products. Swapping for natural options is a must if you want to feel good and glow from the inside out. And Primally Pure has harnessed the power of natural ingredients in their complete line of non-toxic beauty products. From skin, body, baby, hair, and home. And you cannot forget about their cult following natural deodorant, which is the deodorant that I use every single day. Primally Pure products are handcrafted with real, raw ingredients to optimize your results and your overall health. And if you don't believe me, check out the testimonials on their Instagram feed and website because that is proof that pure ingredients really do create positive change in your skin. You will not believe the before and after photos and the transformation stories from their community all over the world. And if you're on the fence about making the swap to non-toxic products, especially natural deodorant, check out their five-star reviews at primallypure.com from customers just like you. And once you're convinced, use code CLEANKITCHEN for 15% off your Primally Pure purchase. That's www.primallypure.com slash cleankitchen. Again, use code CLEANKITCHEN at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show. So the other ingredients or additives that we talked about before seem to be controversial. Is... Artificial color is a less controversial topic? Depends who you're talking to. I, yeah. I guess this really is still a controversial topic. In yeah. the health space, if you're you know health conscious and, and that sort of thing, I don't think it's a very controversial topic. Mm -hmm. But when you talk to some other people, I guess they'll say artificial colors are perfectly fine for us to be consuming, yep. um, which I can't say I agree with. So I guess I, I would say... It's still controversial. All yeah. five of these ingredients are controversial. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the other ones, you could make the argument that you understand at least why someone would enjoy 
that aspect of it more enhances flavor mm-hmm. enhances texture whatever those are yeah y- you can you can make the, the logical conclusion there this one just being color i think is a little bit mind-blowing yeah about that yeah it's just for looks yeah yeah so we, we learned about a little bit how it was made but why is it actually dangerous to have artificial colors in your diet yeah so there's uh, there's a bunch of different uh negative health effects of artificial colors one of the main ones being hyperactivity in children mm-hmm. so the link between artificial colors and hyperactivity or ADHD in children is one of the most uh, is one of the biggest concerns for artificial colors. So, mm-hmm. some studies have shown that uh, certain children might be more sensitive to artificial colors than other people, and that's why some of the studies you look at they may one may say this, the other may say that. In my opinion, it's just because. Children have different sensitivities. Some of them are very sensitive to it and some of them are not so sensitive to it, but that doesn't mean there's not something negative happening within those people's bodies that aren't really showing uh, an immediate symptom. That's true. It not necessarily, there's not necessarily a visible reaction or output every single time. Exactly. But it could be a slower burn inside your body. Exactly. Could be, exactly. Could be something over time. So one study in 2007 found that certain mixtures of artificial colors and the preservative known as sodium benzoate could be associated with increases in hyperactivity in children. So it's not only these artificial colors alone, but it's also the combination of these artificial colors and then also the combination of these artificial colors with certain preservatives that could be causing these negative health effects and this hyperactivity in children. So- that's true. When you think about something like cereal, typically it is a variety of colors. Mm-hmm. So you're getting all of those mixed into most likely one bite there. Exactly. Whereas in, in some, maybe you're just getting blue in your, your blue yogurt or red in red candy. Uh, so yeah, the, the cereal and other kind of snacks tend to have a collection of them. Yes. And if a company is using artificial colors in their product, they're most likely using other fake and low quality yeah. ingredients. Yeah. So besides the hyperactivity in children, artificial colors have also uh, been shown to be carcinogenic in some studies. And um, there was even an artificial color known as red two that used to be used in food and beverages and stuff like that, but it was eventually banned because of cancer concerns. So <laughs> just because it's approved by the FDA doesn't mean it's safe for us to consume. Right. Even though- that's what these artificial colors are labeled as. Yeah, it's a great example of something that was thought to be safe and very much not so now. Yes. Uh, carcinogenic. What does that mean? It basically just means it has the potential to cause cancer. Okay, got it. So, so. not a good thing. <laughs> no. Not a good thing. So that something alone, you want to avoid. That alone should make you want to avoid the artificial colors. Right. Yeah. What's the the next kind of scary red flag for you? I mean, I'd say those are the two main ones, the carcinogenic. Car- carcinogen and the hyperactivity in children. Those are the most talked about ones, but also some children and just adults in general can develop some allergies after consuming these artificial uh, colors. And that can be anything from, you know, sneezing to a rash to, in very severe cases, anaphylaxis. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Crushed it. Nice. And then, yeah, those are, those are really the, the main things. Got it. Yeah. Also, random, on last week's episode... We talked about the plural of mice. Yeah. Did you look that up? It's just mice. It's just mice. It's just mice. No, 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 no. Yeah. But I was saying it as in it, like one of the mices. <laughs> one, one of the mice. One of the mice. That's it. Oh, dang. We went mice, 
Mies. I knew it wasn't Mies. Mies, no, Mies wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> the meat, the, the mices. Really? The yeah. mice? So if I'm Mies. saying like, oh, the the mice's intestines. The mice intestines? The mice intestines? But it's it's one singular. The intestine of the mice, of the mouse, of is the that, mouse. Is that how you say it? Yeah. The intestine of the mouse? Not- the mouse's intestine? Oh, the mouse's intestine? Yeah. Oh, mouse's? Is that mouses. a word? I don't know. Then that's the word I was looking for. Not mice's. Not mice's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got that resolved. <laughs> <laughs> All Going right. back to artificial colors. So this seems terrifying and scary <laughs> that- I don't like it. You use the word terrifying a lot on this podcast. And uh, I hope that this isn't terrifying for a lot of people, but yeah. more of just, you know, they become aware. Yeah. Educational. Yeah. <laughs> it can be scary what you find. It can be scary. You're right. Yeah. Terrifying is probably the right word to be used. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But okay. I just I just editing these podcasts, I just noticed That's we, fair. We, we we both use it a lot. Maybe I'm shocked. Yeah. Maybe I'm shocked. Yeah. Is, is the right Because you're because for everyone out there, you know, yeah. you're you're learning as we go through a lot of these things. Exactly. Too, so yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's good. So I, I'm shocked to see that so many of these things are allowed here in the US. Mm-hmm. Is that the case everywhere? Yeah. So different countries have a f- a little bit different labeling requirements. So artificial colors is used in a lot of different countries. But for example, the European Union, they require foods with artificial colors to actually have a warning label on it. No way. Stating that uh, this product may have effects on activity and attention in children. So they have concluded that these artificial colors are in fact causing these variety of things like the ADHD known carcinogens. Yes. And they're still okay to put it in their food with a warning? Yeah, I guess so. They're like, hey, we're warning you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, better than the United States. They're not even warning us. It's true. Yeah. That's fair. But I think those, those, those conclusions are made off of that, that previous study that I just talked about from 2007 that mentioned, uh, artificial colors and in combination with other artificial colors and preservatives cause, uh, these this hyperactivity in children. Yep. So that's the study that they're basing this warning label off of. That's interesting. But the FDA was like, that's that is that isn't enough to make us put a warning label on the package. Not conclusive enough. Yeah. Are there foods here in the US that do have a, a warning label like that? Uh I don't think foods, but yeah. I'd say what, cigarettes? Cigarettes, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Alcohol, that's cigarettes. Like, do, do does alcohol have a warning label I think on so, it? Okay. For certain. Okay. I would think so. Probably like in small text on the back oh, that yeah. you can barely read. Yeah. I don't actually know what this one in the in Europe is, but I'm imagining it big on the front, but yeah. I could definitely be wrong about that. Maybe it's a small, small <laughs> yeah. little font, yeah. back of the can yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I think <laughs> I think a lot of foods deserve a warning label. Yeah. Did you know that companies can claim their beef is grass-fed as long as it was fed grass at some point in its life? That's right. The cow could have been finished on grain, yet it will still be marketed as grass-fed on the package. Now, why does this matter? Well, 100% grass-fed beef has higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, glutathione, CLA, and bioavailable protein. And that's why one of my favorite snacks of all time are Paleo Valley's 100% grass-fed beef sticks. They source their beef from small domestic farms in the U.S. They use real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks, and they're naturally fermented, which creates naturally occurring probiotics, which are fantastic for gut health. 
They taste amazing. They have so much flavor, and they are my go-to protein snack for when I'm on the go. I literally take these everywhere, and they're currently offering listeners of this podcast 15% off when you use the link in the description of this episode or go to paleovalley.com slash clean kitchen. No code necessary. And again, that is paleovalley.com slash clean kitchen, or click the link in the description of this episode, and a 15% discount will automatically be applied at checkout. Okay, back to the show. It's amazing how much from what we've learned, it's important for us to kind of own the process of what we put in our body. Yeah. You can't rely on a company or some sort of other organization to protect you Mm -hmm. from the food that you put into your body. It really is up to you. And that's why we do this is is to educate everyone on what's, what all these ingredients mean. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of how I got into all of this. Like it was me learning it all on my own because what my doctor and other people were telling me, I didn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily make sense to me. Right. So ask a few more questions. Yeah. See what you find. Yeah. So yeah, I think everyone, everyone should do their own research to the best of their ability and uh, figure out what's best for them. Yep. Speaking of research, great transition there, Mm -hmm. was doing some research on specifically the effect that these artificial colors can have in kids Mm -hmm. and found this video from uh, a woman. Her name is Dr. Rebecca Bevins. And it's a fantastic, it's TED Talk, about 15 minutes long. Okay. And she goes into a story about how her son, when he was seven years old, started to develop these intense emotions around depression and anxiety, something you wouldn't necessarily expect from a seven-year-old. And she just could not figure it out. So went to multiple doctors, asked around, and ultimately the first doctor that she went to diagnosed her son with ADHD mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to, to medicate her son. She wasn't prone to do that right away. And so she asked around with a few more doctors and found another one ultimately that thought he might have uh, an intolerance to these different artificial colors, specifically red dye 40. Mm. Turns out, like I said, it looks like ADHD. It doesn't necessarily mean it is ADHD, which I think is a very important distinction. Yeah. They have some of the same symptoms. Yep. So really great talk that she gives. And effectively, she runs an experiment with her son over the course of multiple weeks and understands the effect that each of the different colors has on her son's behavior. And they each produce different symptoms. Exactly. Depending on the color. Exactly right. Interesting. And she models the behaviors that those different colors produce to different anxieties or, or disorders like mm. ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I've got, got them written down here because yeah. I think it's, it's worth reading. Yeah. And we should link this video also in the show notes just yes. so people can go and watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Worth your 15 minutes. So for red dye 40, the symptoms she noticed were hyperactivity, migraines, impulsiveness, fidget, fidgeting, and what she referred to as brain buzzing, which mm-hmm. is basically like you hear something buzzing in your mind over mm-hmm. and over which is very similar to ADHD. Interesting. Anytime her son had red dye 40, he experienced those symptoms, mm. which is wild. Mm. And by the way, red 40, that was the that was the artificial color that I was talking about earlier that has the most <clears throat> it's it's the most talked about and has shown to be kind of the the worst. That's the one that I yeah. see pop up the most. Yeah. It's definitely red dye 40. Makes sense. Yep. Green 3 produced mania, hyperactivity and a feeling of euphoria which was similar to bipolar disorder. Mm. So that was interesting. Anytime you had green-related foods, that's what she ended up seeing in him. 
Blue was irritability, moodiness, and fatigue, which does not have any sort of disorder associated with it. And then lastly, yellow five and yellow six produced anxiety, aggravation, aggression, defiance, violent outbursts, and even suicidal thoughts, which is scary. Oh gosh, that is scary for a a kid. Exactly. Uh, Just from having some yellow food. Yeah. And it's similar to what she called oppositional defiant disorder and conduct disorder. And the scary part, she puts how long each of these last. Most of them are a a day maximum. Uh But yellow five and six lasts five days. Wow. Uh, So... Scary to see what is in a lot of these foods. And this is a doctor going through with her own son. Yeah. Determining yeah, she's how a, She's a doctor. She's yeah. a doctor. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. A mother and a doctor there. Wow. So moving on then from some of the artificial colors there, um, a lot of times people will tell you that they want to see an, a study mm-hmm. that points to X, Y, and Z. How do you kind of respond to that? And what's your thought process on that? Yeah, I mean, I say this. I say this every once in a while on Instagram. Like, sometimes you don't need a specific study to show this exact artificial color or whatever the ingredient is, it has this negative effect. Just just look look at how this ingredient is made. How did it get from its natural form? Or I, I don't even know the the oil and gas that it was made from <laughs> to red yeah i mean any 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 ingredient how did it get from right. the field to the it's like the, the farm to table but yeah. like lab to yeah basically lab to table what's the process that it took to get into that product mm-hmm. and is that a natural process that's the question you should ask yourself is yeah. it a natural process and if it doesn't sound so natural then i don't want to be putting it in my body right you, you've made the analogy a couple times where you compare your body to a car and it's mm-hmm. like this brand new car and you have to take care of it and treat it nice. Mm-hmm. And comparing that idea of like this possession that you have to your, your own body and yourself, you take care of that car. You yep. make sure that you get it cleaned every week and you don't put anything in it that you don't want it to leave a mark or, or get dirty. Yep. But people put a lot of trash into their bodies and it's it's sad to see yeah if you only had one car mm-hmm. for the rest of your life you're going to take care of it right you only get one body that's it you better take care of it yeah put the good stuff in keep the bad stuff out right simple as that sometimes yes oh also random random stat that i found um a little while ago when i was researching about artificial colors is that over 15 million pounds of artificial food dye goes into foods in the U.S. only every single year. No way. Pretty scary. 15 million pounds. Now you can say, that's terrifying. Now that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my new catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. No. But yeah. 15 million that's pounds. That's kind of scary, yeah. Yeah. 15 million pounds. In a ton of different foods. Yeah. And I guess that even includes like um, like some supplements and different things have red food dye, like Tylenol. Yeah, You know, it's like- yeah it's dyed red and maybe even blue or something. Yeah. So I guess that, or maybe, no, that was just food. Yeah. That was just food. Yeah. 15 million pounds is just food. So I guess there's more for other food categories. That's scary. Other categories. Yeah. Imagine you have one of these foods and you're allergic to artificial colors. Yeah. And it gives you a headache. Yeah. And then you take Tylenol to treat your headache. And it has the same thing. Exactly. (laughs) How scary is that? You can't get away from it in the U.S. No. Move somewhere else. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Love the U.S. That was a joke. 
Oh, wait, Kevin, don't you want to remind people of the Clean Kitchen Agreement? I do. We've done all this research for you. We ask for one thing. Like, rate, subscribe, review, do the thing. Yes. It's right there. It's, right, it's free. <laughs> it's free. It's free. No cost to you whatsoever. None. All right. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Moving on to the number one additive. Number one. And we mentioned this additive yes. isn't even found on the ingredient label. No. That can be scary. <laughs> you were going to say terrifying. I was, but I pivoted. <laughs> so, Kyle. Yes. Tell me what is number one on your list of additives to avoid. The number one additive to avoid is glyphosate. Glyphosate. Do you know what glyphosate is? I remember learning about it yes. in the milk podcast that we did. Oh, because? Oats tend to be sprayed with glyphosate. Oh, and we talked about the plant-based milk. The plant-based milk. Yes. Yep. Very good. Yeah. Good memory. Learning. Glyphosate, number one. What is glyphosate? Yes. Glyphosate is a widely used herbicide. It's best known as the active ingredient in products like Roundup, which is heavily sprayed on many crops grown in the U.S. Okay, so why are... If people know that this is bad, why are farmers, companies, spraying glyphosate, and which crops and plants are they spraying them on? Great question, Kevin. Thank you. There's really two different reasons why glyphosate is used. The first one is for genetically modified crops, which are crops that are specifically engineered to be resistant to glyphosate. So they can, so they can basically spray this herbicide on directly on the crops and it'll kill any um, weeds and things like that, but it won't kill the crop itself. So this includes things like soybeans, corn, cotton is a big one. Mm -hmm. That's why mm. this is something I've been researching a lot recently, why you should buy organic cotton clothes or sheets, bed sheets, things like that. Yeah. Because glyphosate is sprayed on, or, or Roundup is sprayed on cotton. So anything that says organic on it, whether that's food or clothes, has not been sprayed with glyphosate? Correct. Okay. But we'll get to, in a second, why there's been some testing that found organic crops still may contain trace amounts mm. of glyphosate, which we'll get into. But okay. back to the two main reasons. And then just a couple of other plants that are sprayed with glyphosate are canola, which is an, another reason to avoid canola oil, and then also sugar beets. Different from uh, regular beets, you know, red beets. These yep. are sugar beets, so they're white. They, they That's what they, they use to make sugar. Hmm. So also heavily sprayed. Okay. So that's the main reason. The second reason why glyphosate is used is as a pre-harvest desiccant. What the heck is that? Let me tell you. So shortly before harvest, before they har harvest all the crops, mm -hmm. they'll spray glyphosate on the crops to dry them out faster and basically make harvesting easier and quicker so they can make more money, so they right. can turn turn over the land quicker, which I understand. Yeah, makes sense. So the, the two reasons there, and, or I guess the other re reason that you mentioned is it sprayed on the same crops, same kinds of plants there? Uh, a diff a different. So wheat, things like wheat, barley, and oats, which uh, that's yep. why we talked about with oat milk, why yep. a lot of it, if you test it, it has glyphosate in it because the oats are sprayed right before harvest. And then also things like lentils, peas, and other legumes. So like a, a common uh, product I talk about a lot is chickpea pasta. Uh -huh. I do recommend going for organic chickpea pasta mm. because a lot of uh, peas 
and chickpea. Yeah, yeah, pea. A lot of peas are sprayed with glyphosate. Okay. So with all of those different ingredients that you just mentioned there, for you, is that pretty much, if it's non-organic, an avoid at all costs? Like you're not getting regular yeah. corn or anything like that. I, I'd say, yeah, yeah, for those ingredients, yeah. yes. And I can't say that I buy a lot of those ingredients, you know, by themselves yeah. often. Um, but if it's in a product that I buy, I, yeah. I definitely do try to find organic. You do? Yeah. The, Especially just another note with the, yeah. the second use of the glyphosate to be sprayed right before harvest. I don't think there's a lot of evidence about this, but just uh, talking through it, they're spraying these crops right before harvest. So there's less time from when they're sprayed to when we're consuming them. So one might think there's more, there's higher levels of this residue on the crops as opposed to if it were sprayed earlier on. I don't know. That's just, I, I feel like I've, I've, I've read that before. I don't yeah. know if how much truth there is to that, but just thinking about it conceptually, that, that scares me a little bit. It makes they're, sense, They're right? spraying it at the very end. Yep. The yeah. last thing they do before they ship it off. Yeah. One of the last. They're spraying it with a chemical yeah. that has been shown to cause a lot of things, which we'll talk about in a second. Right. The, the one that I was thinking about, specifically corn, if you went to a restaurant and you saw your meal came with corn, oh, yeah. for example, would you ask if it was organic or anything like that? Normally, I don't. No. no. I normally just, just go with it. You do? Yeah. I can't say I consume a lot of corn, though. No. No. Although I just did consume corn at a restaurant last so week. I was just thinking Didn't about. I? Oh, dang. I forgot about got that. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Caught in the act. In my defense, I did not know that dish had corn mm. in it. I didn't read the description. I saw I saw a ribeye and plus crab cake. I got so excited and I was like, I'm getting Stopped that. reading. Yeah, I didn't, even, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize it had corn in it. But I did eat that corn. Let me tell you, that was the first time I've had corn. I want to say years because I don't remember years. the last time I had corn. Yeah. No, no corn on the cob? No. No. Yeah. It was delicious. Corn is good. I don't know what else was in that thing. Yeah. But it was amazing. That looked good. And that's another example. Why when I go out, yeah. I think did we talk about this on the last episode? Yeah, we did. Maybe. I just go out. I just enjoy myself. Got I don't it. I don't ask the waiter a million questions. Right. If you do, great. I mean, go for it. But that's just not me. No, you're just there. You know, you've got your 90-10 rule. That's what we talked about yeah, last podcast. Exactly. Not moderation is key. Exactly. Not <laughs> moderation. I don't like that. No, Kyle does not like that. <laughs> so then the the problem with glyphosate, we've talked about why it's used. What's the issue with it? Yeah. Well, again, there's a lot of debate around this topic. This one is highly debated, mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of research into the safety and the potential effects on human health. The main concerns are that it causes cancer. Mm -hmm. So in 2015, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, IARC, classified glyphosate as probably carcinogenic to humans. Okay. And what does that mean, that probably carcinogenic? It means that glyphosate is probably carcinogenic. <laughs> Thank you for breaking that down for us. <laughs> to, to provide a little bit more color, we did look up what this means, and there were five categories. Yeah. That the- Five? Five. There are- like three. Five. They have two A and two B. Oh, okay. Yeah, so five categories. And- Probably carcinogenic was category 2A. Okay, let's second highest. Let's run through them real quick. Okay. Group one, carcinogenic to humans. Group 2A, probably carcinogenic to humans. Group 2B, possibly carcinogenic to humans. Group three, unclassifiable as to carcinogenicity. 
Ooh, I crushed that word last time. Don't think I did this Damn, time. <laughs> that didn't sound right. <laughs> Sounded close. Yeah, in humans. Group four, probably not carcinogenic to humans. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. So basically that was going from worst to best. Worst to best, yeah. So it's And second. that was second. Yes. So probably pretty bad. 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 Yeah. <laughs> really bad. I think bad. Terrifying? Let's would you, see what, would you say it's terrifying? Their definition says there is some evidence. No, no. Yeah, there is strong evidence that it can cause cancer in humans, but at present it is not conclusive. <laughs> okay. Strong evidence. What are they waiting for then if there's strong know. evidence? Yeah. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. That's enough for me to avoid it. Yeah. So, th- so that's that's the main reason uh, why I recommend avoiding glyphosate and why many other people recommend avoiding glyphosate. Many professionals and doctors uh, recommend avoiding it, avoiding it and going for organic when you can. Yeah. When you were making your rankings and you were looking at these top two, artificial colors and glyphosate, to you, was this like a pretty close battle for first or is there a, a, a big gap between artificial colors yeah. and glyphosate. I think the main reason this was my number one was because how sneaky it is. Mm. No one knows about this. Yeah. It's not on the label. Yeah. Well, now there well, now there's uh products that ha- that are certified, they third-party test for glyphosate, so it'll mm. say certified glyphosate free mm. on the package. But for the most part, you're not going to you're not going to say, "Oh, this this product this this deserves a warning label." Right, yeah. Warning, this product may contain trace amounts of glyphosate. Yep. So no, this was not um, a difficult decision for me. This was this was my number. This one This was an for easy sure. number one. Yes, that's that's and makes I even sense. I even think this topic alone deserves its own podcast episode. Which Going deep maybe on we'll glyphosate do in the future. Yeah, and maybe we'll get you know an expert, someone that really studies this stuff and knows it in and out to give us all the information. That'd be great. Yeah. If you do have questions, then on glyphosate, leave it in the comments on YouTube. Or if you want to give us a five-star review, leave a question in there. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> then we, I would like to know what questions people yeah, have absolutely. on this topic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So outside of cancer, which is obviously a big cause for concern, are there other issues with glyphosate as well? Yeah. Some research has uh, suggested that glyphosate may act as an endocrine disruptor as well, which basically means it can interfere with our hormonal system. Hmm. Um, other studies have shown that glyphosate can affect the gut microbiome of animals. These are animal studies that show this, potentially leading to more health issues. Yeah, we talked about the importance of that microbiome, I think yeah. maybe last episode or even a couple episodes ago, how key that was to keep your gut healthy. So important yep. for so many different things. Yep. But then there's also a lot of environmental concerns with glyphosate. So yes, glyphosate, in my opinion, and many other people's opinion, is bad for us. It's bad for humans. We shouldn't be consuming it. But it's also terrible for the environment because they're spraying, you know, all these crops, however often they're growing these crops, however many times a year, and uh, they're killing the soil more and more, which is another reason why our soil is nutrient poor. It's, mm. it's, it doesn't have the same amount of nutrients that it used to have. Right. You teased me earlier in this section here of some organic foods and, and maybe products as well that might have traces of glyphosate in it. How did that happen? Yeah. So oh, I, I said, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> trying to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, ah, let me just go right into go it. Go right into it. Crops that are sprayed with glyphosate there can be runoff, water runoff from these fields to, say, a nearby organic farm that isn't using glyphosate, 
that is then getting into those crops. Similarly, wind uh, can be really windy day. A, mm-hmm. a farmer can be spraying uh, Roundup on their crops, blows over to the farm next door that practices organic farming, doesn't use glyphosate, but yet the glyphosate is working its way onto those crops. Yep. So there have been studies that unfortunately show there are very small amounts of glyphosate in some organic products, which is another reason why many companies are getting that third-party test mm. to certify that it, that it is indeed glyphosate-free. Right. So yes, look for organic. That's number one. But even further, one step further would be that glyphosate-free. Yep. That- and I think more companies are catching on to this. They are. And uh, utilizing this third-party testing. That's big. G- good to see that. Yes. Some sort of independent audit of, yeah. of the product. Makes sense. Yes. So speaking of these different companies being more conscious of the foods that they're putting into or the ingredients that they're putting into their food. Some big news yeah. this week. Big news. Rayos. Yeah. A popular brand recommended by you, specifically their marinara sauce. Great marinara Great sauce. marinara sauce. Was acquired yes. by Campbell's, Rayos. I did see that. Got what are lot- your instant hot take thoughts? I got a lot of DMs about that. And uh, I get a lot of messages about these acquisitions in general when they happen. And they're like, man, why did that? Why did this company have to sell out? Mm-hmm. Why did Primal Kitchen have to sell out to Kraft Heinz four years ago? Why did uh, another brand, Birch Benders, got bought out by someone? And they actually did change their ingredients. But let's focus on the positives yep. here. Why is this a good thing? And I talked about this with Primal Kitchen, absolutely. It's been four years since they got acquired. They've only changed their ingredients in one of their products, and it wasn't necessarily a, a bad change. They just tweaked the formula. So I'm going to give you three reasons why I think Rayos getting acquired by Campbell's or Campbell, mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one it is, <laughs> is a good thing. One, Rayos is probably going to be in even more stores, Love which that. granted, it already is at most stores, but <laughs> maybe even more. And Number two, at better prices. Mm. We've seen this with Primal Kitchen. I'm going to use them as an example because they are in more stores than ever and at better prices than previously. Yep. Because these big companies, as much as people hate that most of the food in the grocery store is controlled by a small amount of companies, it's going to happen. That's part of business. There's really no way of stopping this. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, let's look at the positives. I love that. More stores, better prices, and just... The trend overall, these bigger companies are noticing that there's more demand for healthy food with real ingredients. So just the trend in general, I, I like that these big corporations are are paying attention to consumers. I love it. I got, I'm going to paint you a picture here. Okay. Paint it to me. You're a Campbell's soup maker. Okay. You've made soup all your life. You put... Some chemicals, maybe, in the soup. Probably MSG. Probably some MSG. <laughs> You're going, it, you got a question? <laughs> that reminds me. There's a, there's a, there's another ingredient that I was going to put on this list, Ooh, but I didn't. Yeah. But I think it's worth mentioning right now, just because you reminded me. Of okay. It. That ingredient is maltodextrin. Maltodextrin. Shout out Dave. Shout out Dave. What is maltodextrin? <laughs> maltodextrin is, it's basically like another name for sugar. Oh. But it's very sneaky. It, you'll see it on a label? It, you'll see it as maltodextrin. Oh. It's common. It's becoming less popular, but uh, it's uh, most likely derived from corn, GMO corn. Uh-huh. 
sprayed with glyphosate. Mm. So that's another just, it, it's kind of a hidden thing because you yeah. see it in, and people don't know what it is. What do you see it in? Uh, chips, crackers. Ah, same kind of thing. <laughs> same kind of, same things you find MSG in. Yeah. That's what made me think of it. MSG yep. and maltodextrin, they're like, they're best buds. Maltodextrin. They normally hang out together. Wow. Maltodextrin yeah. MSG just hanging out on a park. <laughs> yeah. Probably in Campbell's soup. Probably in Campbell's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but that was all. Back to your Back to the, picture the, that the you're picture. painting. Yeah. It's your lunch break. You go to the, the cafeteria there. You're getting food. You sit down from someone who's the marinara maker. Uh-huh. And he's talking about all of the good ingredients that he's putting in his marinara. He talks about maybe a podcast he listened to, Clean Kitchen Podcast, <laughs> and all that he's learned about these good ingredients and the impact they can have on our bodies. Mm-hmm. He's telling this to the soup maker. Soup maker goes back and tells his friends, now you got healthy soup. You see, it's just like a, a I contagious love cycle. I love this picture. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want to focus on. That's yeah. the impact that Rayos can have yeah. on a larger organization. Yes, I love that. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking about. One small change. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in this case it was a multi-million dollar change. Yeah. But it can, it can change someone else's life and their family's life and whatever. So Yeah. Here, let me make it more personal. Kyle. Yes. You started thinking about all of this stuff at a deeper level. Now our whole family thinks about it yeah. on a deeper level. Yeah. That's one small change that you made yeah. that everyone else did. Yeah. So you're like Rayos and we're Campbell's. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a great analogy. Thank you. Yeah. And now I guess, yeah, because of this, and now we have thousands and thousands of people that are also making changes. Yes, that's it. One small step. One small step. It's contagious. Yeah. So we're going to focus. We're going to end this show on a positive. That's it. That's all for today. Wrap us up, Kevin. We're wrapping it up here. Hope you enjoyed the top five additives to avoid. Again, like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you're thinking. We'll see you on next episode. In episode 11. No, what are we on? (laughs) We'll see you on episode 10. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) 